Wake up, America. It's Morning Air with John Morales. Si, senor. Sarah Tafoya. This is my mom. Am I going to get paid for this? <laughs> and Glenn Leverins. This is Morning Air. That's how I know. <laughs> On Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Si, senor. Wake up, America. It's Tuesday, February 21st. Happy Fat Tuesday. Good morning and welcome back to the final hour of Morning Air on the Memorial of St. Peter Damien Bishop and Doctor of the Church. I'm John Morales along with Glenn Leverins and our studio producer Sarah Tafoya. Thanks so much for joining us across America and beyond wherever you may be here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Uh, as you may know, today is Fat Tuesday or Mardi Gras, also known as Shrove Tuesday. And some of you may be planning to indulge yourselves with some uh, punch keys or donuts or some other goodies. In fact, Lent is almost here. Ash Wednesday is less than 24 hours away. The question is, are you ready for Lent? I want to remind you that you can elevate your Lent this year in just a few minutes each day with Father. Rocky's outstanding Lenten lessons on the Mass. They are packed with interesting facts and teachings to help you learn more about the Mass and your faith. See why these bite-sized videos had over a million views last year. Now, if you haven't signed up for Father Rocky's Lenten lessons on the Mass, it's still not too late. You can do it this morning at relevantradio.com slash Lent and get ready to learn the Mass, live the Mass, and love the Mass more than ever before. And the good news is they're absolutely free. That's relevantradio.com slash Lent. I want to bring in our morning air team once again, Glenn and Sarah. Glenn, what are a few of the big stories making headlines this hour here on this Fat Tuesday? You know, John and Sarah, just following up on the uh, sad tragedy of the, uh, the death, the, the murder of uh, Archbishop David O'Connell from Los Angeles, the Auxiliary Bishop, on Saturday. They have a suspect in custody. Carlos Medina arrested Monday after a standoff at his home in Torrance, California. He's the husband of uh, Bishop O'Connell's housekeeper. And uh, so just a, a little bit more news in this uh, this tragedy. And obviously, we, we hopefully will find out more uh, specifics as to a possible motive uh, in the upcoming uh, days. Uh, there's been lots of reaction all across the country. Uh, we have uh, some audio, some reaction uh, from um, a Los Angeles parishioner, as well as Bishop Robert Barron, uh, who was ordained with Bishop O'Connell. Um, and this is thanks to NBC. He spent a lot of time in inner cities. He dealt with a lot of things that people don't deal with on a daily basis. He married my wife and I here in this church 40 years ago. Funny man. Found humor in everything. I knew I'd lost a great friend. I knew that L.A. had lost, you know, a great bishop. I can't understand it. And that's part, of the, um, that's part of the trauma of this thing for all of us, is we just find it so hard to understand. No question. Such a shocking story. And yesterday on Relevant Radio all day long, uh, all of our shows uh, addressed uh, this tragedy. And uh, Glenn, uh, uh, Timory, uh, Sasha, the host of uh, Trending with Timory, uh, actually knew Bishop O'Connell personally, and uh, she spoke about it on her show yesterday. Auxiliary Bishop David O'Connell has showed up time and time again, leading young people praying and sidewalk counseling out in front of the abortion clinics in Los Angeles. He's known for helping to prevent gang wars as things would kind of stir up. 
he actually, a few years ago, right after I'd been married, kept reaching out for me to come to his office. He said, you know, with regard to me struggling with having children at the time, he had prayed with me and he told me I was going to have children and was so encouraging and so loving. He really personified what we're called to do, and that is to be with one another when our bishops are called to be with their sheep, to be with their people, to guide them. He has done that. Yeah, a man of the people spoke Spanish, even with an Irish brogue. <laughs> I kind of can imagine what that sounded like, but just, man, he was really there with the people for the people. So this is just a sad, a sad uh, situation for the people who know and love uh, Bishop O'Connell. So we'll just keep praying for him. Absolutely. It's uh, just a heartbreaking uh, story. And I think Timory really summed it up. She gave a, a beautiful testimony of her own personal uh, connection with Bishop O'Connell. So we continue to to, to pray for for him and uh, for all of those affected by this by this tragedy. Um, today is Fat Tuesday, Mardi Gras. Uh, a lot of people are talking and thinking about and planning on eating punchkies and uh, donuts and many other goodies. So, okay, what's on the menu, guys? Well, I think barring a last-minute trip to New Orleans, probably just uh, doing my best to, to help out the household, uh, to, to rid it of any leftover, uh, you know, leftover Valentine's candy. I think that's my my mission today, John. I can't even imagine going to Mar- uh, Mardi Gras in New Orleans. <laughs> Don't you think that would just be so wild, man? Parades and music and great food and man, it's got to be a blast. But I guess we can try to imitate that as much as we can in our own part of the United States. We'll be trying to do a little bit of that at our house. I know at my kids' school, they always have a little parade and throw candy around. So that's a great day for them. You know, the school is smart enough to do it at the end of the day. Because if you did that at the beginning of the day, you have all those kids crashing on that sugar. Not a good plan. So they're pretty smart. They got it going on at the end. But, John, you've got Ponchkis on the mind day and night, day after day. You must love those. Well, it's my wife. Uh, she is part Polish, and uh, it is a tradition uh, to cook uh, goodies. Uh, actually, yesterday she did it a, a day ahead. I came home and there was donuts all over the place. Keto donuts at that, chocolate keto donuts. So I was able to indulge uh, with very little guilt uh, one day early. So we, we kind of celebrated our, um, it was Fat Monday uh, yesterday for us in, in our household. And uh, uh, part of the reason was because our son Joseph was home from school uh, because of President's Day. So it was a perfect opportunity to just cook at home and bake. And he jumped in and helped out. And uh, so I, I, I got a, a few treats when I got home from the office. Well, uh, I've never made donuts myself, but I imagine it would be helpful to have an extra set of hands. What do you think, Glenn? I think so. I think so. My dad used to make donuts from time to time. Usually when he, he was never sick from work. He was a construction guy who was out there, you know, 367 days a year. And uh, occasionally when he'd be home, uh, I still have one particular memory. It was one of the Apollo missions. This just goes back a ways, right? We're watching the splashdown at school and it hasn't quite made it yet, but it's time to go home. So we're running home as fast as we can to catch the end of the splashdown. And my dad happened to be home that day. It wasn't Fat Tuesday, but it was a, a dad making donuts day and he'd make a zillion of them. And uh, that was a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> Can imagine. Hey, who wouldn't want to come home to a house full of donuts? And John, you've experienced that too. I, uh, someone needs to make donuts and I need to come home and say, this is, I'm the only one left out here. This is not cool. Actually, I'm more partial to butter pecan ice cream than donuts. Full disclosure. So either way, all that stuff is going away starting tomorrow on Ash Wednesday. There you go. All right. As always, thanks so much. Sure. Want to... 
start this hour as we do every uh, single show, every day, always in prayer, giving thanks to our Lord for all the many blessings. And we always pray through the intercession of the Mother of God, our Blessed Mother Mary. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Our Lady of Guadalupe, patroness of the Americas, patroness of the unborn, and patroness of Relevant Radio, pray for us. St. Joseph, patron of the Universal Church, pray for us. St. John Paul II, co-patron of Relevant Radio, pray for us. And we always invoke the Holy Spirit every morning here on Morning Air when we pray, Come, Holy Spirit, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. On Tuesdays, I always take a moment to remind you about the guardian angels. Each one of us has a guardian angel, so pray often to your guardian angel, asking these heavenly companions for help, especially when you need it. Our number, if you want to be part of the program, 888-914-9149. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook at Morning Air Show. And if you want to send us an email with your thoughts, morningair at relevantradio.com. And now, let's talk about love. Yes, indeed. Uh, today, people around the country and around the world are celebrating, in one way or another, Fat Tuesday or Mardi Gras. And tomorrow we begin the season of Lent with Ash Wednesday and enter into the desert with Jesus Christ our Lord for a 40-day retreat to focus on and celebrate the highest mysteries of our faith, the passion, death, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Joining us live is our resident lavologist and faith-filled, hope-anchored, love-driven evangelizer, Martha Fernandez Sardina, who will share some thoughts with us on the purpose and the practices of the Lent and season to help us recognize how and why Lent is for lovers now more than ever before. Martha is an international bilingual speaker, the former director of evangelization for the Archdiocese of Washington, D.C. and San Antonio. She's also the founder of RememberYouAreLoved.com. Good morning, Martha. Thanks so much for being with us. Great to be with you. Happy Fat Tuesday. Good morning. Happy Fat Tuesday. You made me hungry with all the mention of uh, donuts and so forth. Well, it uh, brings up the question. So, uh, my sister, what are you doing today on Fat Tuesday? Not a whole lot. I live a very simple life, so I don't do very many things out of the ordinary. Besides, the more you eat, the hungrier you get, and I don't want to be too hungry tomorrow. So, not a whole lot of uh, partying for me today. So, no, no donuts or goodies or punch keys. No, none of that. In fact, I don't eat that many sweets or uh, carbs and things because of I have uh, food allergies. Well, I'll tell you what, you are blessed then because you <laughs> don't have that uh, temptation to, to deal with. All right, let's talk about why you say that Lent is for lovers. Because love needs to be rekindled, needs to be nourished, and that requires that we set time aside, that we get away, that we take a retreat. You know, like couples will have their uh, uh, date nights and parents will sometimes have the father-daughter and the mother-son type outings and religious and priests are normally uh, required and desire to have a, a retreat once a year. So we too, 
we as laymen and women, we, the church in general, we need to rekindle our love, to nourish our love for our Lord, and to recognize more fully his love for us. So Lent is for lovers. The Lenten season is our getaway, our retreat, our special time, a long extended date night, if you will. Um, and it's our time when we as a church commemorate our Lord's love for us and the fact that he went into the desert before he began his 40 days. Uh, I mean, he went into the desert for 40 days before he began his public ministry. And so we go into the desert with Jesus and as Jesus. And he did that right before he showed us the depths of his love with his preaching and his teaching and his closeness and his miracles, and especially with his most dolorous passion and that excruciating crucifixion and death and uh, glorious resurrection by which we were saved. So just as he prepared before that most important time in his life and in ours, in our eternal life, so too we go into Lent. We prepare well to commemorate uh, the mysteries of our salvation and we rekindle our love for the Lord. And um, especially those who are going to be entering into the church at the Easter vigil or throughout the Easter season, for them, this is uh, Lent is like an extended uh, and, and, and the high point of a, like a marriage prep, right? They're, they're getting ready to um, receive the sacraments of Christian initiation or complete their Christian initiation. And uh, so we too join those who are entering the catechism, uh, catech uh, candidates and catechumens, we join them on this journey of faith. And so uh, for us too, even if we're uh, cradle Catholics uh, or Catholics for a long time, for us it's a, like a crash course in a sense uh, in the fundamentals of the faith and Lent is meant to represent to us uh, and to draw us again into each of the articles of, of faith that we profess in the creed every Sunday and millions of us do every day. And so Lent, I think, is for lovers because it's an immersion experience where we dive deep into the life of Christ and we examine especially how and where our life is not conformed to the life of Christ and how and where we need to grow in Christ's likeness and become holy as the Lord our God is holy, as expected and demanded, commanded of us that we be holy. So Lent, John, is like a magnifier and allows us to zero in on the problem areas, to tackle each vice, one or more at a time, and to replace vice with virtue and to push aside the distractions, to mortify our senses, to see clearly, as with a magnifier, uh, the sinful patterns, the sinful attitudes, the behaviors that we're clinging on to, and to surrender more fully to Christ so that uh, we might indeed, as we're called on Ash Wednesday, we might repent and believe the good news and that we might confess our sins, convert and change and begin to live a new life as a new creation. Well, Martha, if you're going to have love for our Lord, we have to recognize that uh, it involves sacrifice. So what does penance and sacrifice have to do with love? Well, if Lent is for lovers, and I contest that it is, and all lovers, whether you're a spouse or a parent or a child or a sibling or a friend, we all know as lovers that love entails sacrifice, that uh, there are challenges to love, that love faces obstacles. Um, like a well-kept garden, we need to identify and pull out the weeds, especially the poisonous ones, the, one, the suffocating weeds, the ones that kill everything and everyone they touch that kill our love for God and for neighbor. So penance and sacrifice and mortification are not only necessary for love to grow, but they're good 
Um, I, I like to see uh, patterns and mortification like a machete that cuts through the thick and thorny brush and clears a path that clears the way of love. And, and it allows us to experience more authentically our love for God and also the love of God for us, as well as uh, our love for neighbor. So we, through penance and through mortification, through sacrifice, we identify the obstacles to love. We rediscover the depth of the Father's love for us. We see the lengths to which Christ went to save us, to ransom us, to rescue us from eternal damnation. And uh, we renew our commitment to live that new life that he won for us out of love for him. And um, the penance and the sacrifice show us, they help us uh, to, to show us how much God loves us and for us to show God how much we love him freely and fully. And, uh, you know, they also actually, uh, the, the acts of mortification, the penance that we, that we, that we undertake, they draw our attention uh, to what it means to live an ongoing life of penance, as uh, St. Francis of Assisi liked to say that we are to live a life of penance, meaning a life of holiness, a life that denies the flesh, the world, and the devil what they want and uh, pleases God in all that he wants. So penance and sacrifice can be, be uh, they can be quite eye-opening. Uh, they can reveal us to ourselves. They can reveal sin and sinful inclinations, and uh, they help us uh, see the temptations, as I said, of the world, the flesh, and the devil more fully, and to evaluate and to reassess uh, the value of things, of temporal things and of eternal things, so that we uh, aspire to the eternal things and we have God and heaven on our mind. And by the way, I recommend that we not uh, fall into false dichotomies and the either-or propositions, but rather embrace like a both-and approach. So it's both the new and the old. It's both the wisdom of the ancient masters in the spiritual life and new means to reach that wisdom. So for example, a lot of people will do a lot of things on apps. That's a new means, but don't forget that the penance and sacrifice in the spiritual life also goes back to the old, you know, to the to wisdom of, of the of the fathers, uh, the desert fathers, of the church fathers, etc. It's also, so you embrace giving alms, but you also embrace giving of yourself. So it's both and. It's both quality time and quantity time. You know, this is a retreat. So we want to give more time to uh, fasting, more time to prayer, more time to recollection, more time to sacrifice. Uh, and by the way, it's both sacrifice and joy. You don't have to be a, a sorry looking Christian just because uh, you are experiencing the sorrow for your sins. Martha, just a thought that came to me, you know, uh, I think that what you're willing to sacrifice for reveals a lot about your heart. What what do you really love? If you're willing to get up in the middle of the night and go to Eucharistic Adoration, for example, you really got to love the Lord to do something like that. That's exactly right. And we see that in our Lord himself, who sacrificed so much for us. So if we correspond in that manner, we're showing him clearly, we're showing ourselves how much we love him. For sure. Uh, what are some key ways in which uh, our Lord Jesus Christ uh, reveals God's uh, intimate love uh, for us uh, during this, uh, for, uh, these 40 days of Lent? Well, we see that he demonstrates that love and, and he gives us a pattern to follow, right? So he shows it by going into the desert and he embraces their solitude and prayer and recollection. He's retreating, right? He's in silence, which is an amazing thing to think of because here's the eternal logos, the word of God incarnate, silent for 40 days. And we ought to try to do the same uh, each 
according to his or her state in life, right? But have more silence. And he shows us that, that in prayer, we see that throughout the gospels where he goes up to the mountaintop and he's spending time in prayer with his father. And, and that's a sign that he loves the father and that he loves us enough to always be immersed in the, in the mystery of God's uh, unity with man, right? Because he is fully God and fully man. And so we can imitate that. We also see Christ revealing God's intimate love for us in, in the way in which he handled temptations. When the tempter came, he reveals, because again, he's truly God and truly man, the truth about humanity and the key. He gave us the key uh, for spiritual battle to rightly identify our enemy and enemies. And, and the devil, he makes it very clear in the, in the uh, desert that the devil and demons are real and they're really sneaky too. And uh, we must resist them solid in our faith and that we can by our Lenten love. And he shows us that we're at war, in a spiritual war. And we're reminded of that, by the way, at the very beginning of uh, Lent all day uh, and thereafter when, um, when we are marked with Ashes, uh, a reminder of the first temptation of first fall, repentance, when we're told, remember, O man, that you are dust, and to dust you shall return, or the other formula, repent and believe the good news. So we see right there calling us out of the place of darkness into a place of light, away from Satan, into the life of grace. And even as the Lord uh, endures, he reveals that the devil needs to be dealt with with truth. So even as the devil uses the word of God and twists it, responds with the word of God, he stands firm in the word of God to resist uh, the temptations that the devil puts before him. And we need to do the same. Well, uh, there is uh, there is so much that we can ponder and meditate on when it comes to uh, this season of Lent, and uh, I, I want to get some thoughts from you on ways in which we can increase and reveal our love for God and others, especially here during Lent. Well, let's do what our Lord did. Let's go into the desert. Let's make Lent a really uh, a, re- a real retreat, uh, a daily spend more time in solitude. Spend more time in quiet, less media, less distractions, less busyness. Now, some of you uh, have a lot of children. You may not, you're thinking to yourself, what is she talking about? I can't do that. Well, if you have a drive somewhere by your time, if you're in the shower by yourself, use that time. When you're at church, use that time. So go into the desert. Second, keep the Easter trip of your mind. Know that you are going up to Jerusalem, as St. Thomas said in, in John eleven sixteen. Let us also go up with him and die with your your goal that we're, we're journeying toward the easter triduum to the glorious uh, mysteries of our faith and get rid of sin confess it, confess it get rid of it go to confession go to confession more than once get rid of all that tempts you uh, as saint john says in one lust of the flesh the lust of the eyes and the pride of life fight the good fight fight it with prayer fight it with fasting Give yourself more uh, to the reading of Holy Scripture and let the Word of God permeate your mind, your thinking, your heart, your soul. Your Make it a point to be holier this Lent than last so that we might indeed please the Lord and be like Him. Well, you've given us a, a lot to think about, uh, as always. Really appreciate it, uh, Martha. Uh, Happy, blessed Fat Tuesday and, and, and a blessed uh, upcoming uh, Ash Wednesday in Lent. Thank you. Start well and end well. and.
Thank you so much. Uh, Martha Fernandez Sardina, the founder of RememberYouAreLoved.com. We need to take a short break. When Morning Air comes back, uh, Professor Harry Kramer, Professor of Management and Strategy at the Kellogg School of Management, will share his thoughts on Fat Tuesday, food, traditions, and the spirit of mortification and sacrifice during Lent. So stay with us on this Fat Tuesday edition of Morning Air as the show rolls on here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. This is Morning Air, your home for faith, fun, and news in the morning. On Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. And good morning. Welcome back to our Fat Tuesday edition of Morning Air as we get ready for Ash Wednesday and Lent starting tomorrow. I'm John Morales along with Glenn and Sarah. Thanks so much for joining us across America. It's great to be with you this morning here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Our power scripture from the Playbook of Life is from Jeremiah 29.13. You shall seek me and shall find me when you shall seek me with all your heart. As we prepare for Ash Wednesday tomorrow, this verse is a reminder that the Lord wants us to seek him with all of our hearts. The Lord wants our hearts to be transformed and become more like his heart, the sacred heart of Jesus. During the upcoming 40 days of Lent, open your heart to search fervently for Jesus the Lord, and then you will find him in your heart and find the peace that surpasses all understanding. And we always pray with great confidence that prayer that Drew Mariani prays every day in the Chapel of Divine Mercy, Jesus, I trust in you. I hope uh, you're enjoying our Fat Tuesday edition of Morning Air. Today, of course, we are celebrating Mardi Gras or Fat Tuesday uh, on this Tuesday before Ash Wednesday with uh, Lent uh, literally just hours away, less than 24. Uh, My wife, Cindy, who is of Polish descent, uh, traditionally makes homemade punchkis or donuts on Fat Tuesday or Mardi Gras. In fact, yesterday I came home uh, from... uh, from work and uh, found lots of donuts a day early. It was literally Fat Monday in our home because my son Joseph was off from school for President's Day. So uh, we started in on the keto donuts treat a little bit early. Now, do you know that uh, Marty is the French word for Tuesday and gras means fat? In fact, uh, in France, uh, the day before Ash Wednesday came to be known as Mardi Gras or Fat Tuesday. So the question is, how do you celebrate Mardi Gras or Fat Tuesday? We'd love to hear from you here uh, during these uh, minutes. Uh, our number, if you want to be part of the conversation, it's 888-914-9149. 888-914-9149 if you want to share with us how you celebrate uh, Fat Tuesday. Joining us live for much more from Charlotte, North Carolina, is Morning Air regular contributor Professor Harry Kramer uh, to continue. Uh, discussing Fat Tuesday. We're going to talk about food, traditions, and the spirit of mortification and sacrifice during this Lent. 
Harry's a professor of management and strategy at Northwestern University's Kellogg School of Management and is an executive partner with Madison Dearborn Partners, one of the largest private equity firms in the U.S. Good morning, Professor Harry. Thanks so much for joining us. Great to be with you once again on this uh, Fat Tuesday. Well, great to see you. Great to hear you. And it's always great to be part of the Relevant Radio family. All right, Professor, the big question. Uh, how are you celebrating Mardi Gras or Fat Tuesday? Well, you know what? I kind of like you, John. I don't wait till Tuesday. I, I got started like Sunday, Monday. So <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm, eat, I'm eating candy bars. I'm going to get a French silk pie. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm into this. So while I'm talking to you right now, I got a little bit of Hershey bar, even though it's uh, early in the morning because, you know, this is it, Chief. I'm, I'm down now to my last, uh, I guess it's 15 hours, but, you know, who's counting? I love it. Full disclosure, uh, my biggest weakness is ice cream, and uh, my wife had some keto ice cream. It tastes like the regular stuff. In fact, that made me even better. This stuff is amazing. <laughs> These ice cream chocolate bars hidden in the back of the refrigerator, and sure enough, I found I got into them yesterday. So, <laughs> you know, full disclosure, all of that's going away in less than 24 hours. Yeah, well, I, my wife, Julie, always tells me, if I didn't eat chocolate, John, if I just didn't eat chocolate, I'd probably weigh like 70 pounds, but I, I weigh a couple hundred pounds more than that. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's chocolate. Chocolate is, is the deal for me. So, uh, down, down to like 15, about 15 and a half hours. That's all that's left, John. It's, uh, sand is going through the, the glass here. That's, that's it. And, uh, you know, we've been talking, uh, for days now, uh, about the Lenten lessons on the mass that, uh, Father Rocky, uh, traditionally does every year. So that's, that's yet another way, uh, to prepare, uh, for this season of Lent. Professor, can you give us a little historical perspective on Mardi Gras and, uh, you know, the, the carnivals and all the stuff that goes on, uh, especially, uh, down in New Orleans, Louisiana, and they also do it down in Brazil. Oh, absolutely. No, it's, uh, I, I've been there once. It's, it really is, I think, a good example of, uh, of, of a, another kind of balance, right? Where, you know, we're really getting ready. We're really getting ready, as Sister said, uh, you know, at midnight tonight to, to really start to think about, you know, what Jesus did for us 40 years in the desert, uh, making a sacrifice, everything he did. And how do we, how do we remember that? So, you know, it's always a case where you say, wait a minute, what these Catholics, what are you doing? You're not, you're not eating desserts for, for, for what, what is this all about? And the whole idea, as you know, is, hey, we're, we're really preparing for Easter. We're really preparing, uh, you know, for uh, the resurrection of Christ and thinking about what he did for us to do that. And this whole idea of, okay, well, if we're really going to do that for 40 days, you know, this whole idea of the celebration of, you know, what those words Marty and Gras mean, uh, you know, Fat Tuesday, let's, let's really celebrate uh, the fact that we are about to start a big journey. And uh, just like, you know, you do any big journey as a, as a family, we'd always take these uh, two-week car trips somewhere. Well, guess what? Before you take that trip, you, you really got to prepare. And so the, the idea of preparation of, okay, this is the last time that uh, we really do something really, truly, uh, you know, crazy and fun before we start to focus on why we're really on this earth and what we're really preparing for, for eternal life. And uh, I think the fact that we, everybody's got different ways of doing it and that, that what I like to balance, John, some are very serious uh, and some in my family have always, <laughs> have always been, been a lot of fun. Well, the raging Cajuns uh, down in New Orleans, Louisiana, uh, those folks really, really uh, go all the way when it comes to celebrating Mardi Gras. It's uh, it's quite a spectacle. 
Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. The partying, the costumes, uh, just the dancing, the celebration The you know, they, they, you know, they celebrate enough, John, they, they need, they need 40 days just to recover from it. They just need 40 days to recover. Sure. It's, uh, well, with all that partying and celebrating, do you think it's easy to kind of lose the focus of, of the whole purpose of, uh, of Mardi Gras Fat Tuesday uh, in anticipation of the very next day, uh, Ash Wednesday? Well, I, I, yes. And that's where, that's where again, I, I think the balance is, you know, to make sure that, you know, with, with, with Julie and I, with our five children, we would explain to them you know, why are we doing this? What, what does all this mean? What is all of this about? Um, and then the idea that, okay, uh, you get to kind of get them excited of, Hey, some of the things that we're going to do now and, you know, having candy and, and ice cream and so on, you know, we're going to, we're going to end up doing this again, uh, when we really have a big celebration and, and we have Easter. Uh, and so that idea of, of having, uh, that balance and that willingness to realize why are we doing this? How does it, what does this really mean? What does fasting, what does abstinence mean? What does mortification, what does it actually mean? Uh, I think it's a great example because you get their attention. It's like, okay, you're going to have a, you're going to have a lot of fun things today, but let me explain why. Let me explain why uh, we're going to be giving up uh, things just like Jesus gave up for us. Well, uh, Professor Harry, uh, I know that you are a diehard Cub fan, as am I. Uh, so we love baseball. And, uh, you know, the pitchers and catchers reported last week. Uh, full squads uh, reported uh, yesterday. Uh, spring training is in full swing. And I've always seen the analogy, kind of the metaphor, uh, between, uh, you know, Major League Baseball spring training, going back to the basics, going back to the fundamentals, and uh, Lent as being a type of a spiritual spring training. That's a great analogy. Like you, I'm a big baseball guy. And I think that's a, I hadn't thought of it that way, John, but I think it's a, I think it's a great one. I think it's a great one. Um, and then literally saying, okay, we're getting ready. We're going back. Uh, and we are preparing, we're preparing. And the fun part of it, John is, you know, we prepare in different ways, right? I mean, some people it's sweets, some people, uh, it's, it's like, uh, uh, not having alcohol. I try to give up all sweets, uh, and alcohol um, you know, the whole idea, some folks would say, Hey, I'm going to do a lot less social media. Now I had some of my siblings that always would have some fun. I remember being with, with children. Uh, you know, one of my, one of my brothers said, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to give up eating all vegetables. That's what I'm going to, wait a minute. No, you don't like vegetables. I know, but that, that's what I'm giving up. And then my one brother said, I'm actually going to give up doing homework. Well, that didn't go over well with my family. <laughs> okay. Uh, no, no homework for 40 days. Well, I'm I'm a big uh, believer that it's not just uh, you know giving up; it's also maybe adding on uh, something uh, that is of uh, spiritual value. For example, I made a decision that I you know I read scripture every day, but I want to take it to a little bit of a higher level uh, during Lent uh, and really dive in and start uh, reading you know cover to cover uh, the Gospel of Matthew and the Gospel of John, which I think are the two really relevant gospels that uh, we're going to see here. Uh, during Lent. I think that's fantastic, John. Fantastic. In fact, it's funny you bring that up because I've always thought about, always thought about, uh, I, I really should read the Bible. I should read the whole Bible. And I thought, you know, what am I going to do that? I'm going to do that. And I thought, you know what? Uh, yeah. Okay. Someday. And then I'm sure you're, as you're aware, somebody mentioned to me uh, the Bible in a year with, with Father Mike. Uh, and I thought, oh, maybe I should do that. So I, I started to do that. And uh, I thought, okay, well, I'll do it for a while. Well, you know what? Now that I know that uh, Lent's starting, I thought, no, I'm, I'm, I'm going to commit to not only continuing to do it, 
but part of my life, I'm going to, I'm going to do it for the entire year. And so I think I'm already on day 55. And uh, when I talk to you, you can always remind me, John, because as you know, the way you do these things is you commit it and then other people know you've committed. So that way you don't want to, it's kind of, kind of reinforces it. So uh, I find doing the, the Bible in a year is a tremendous way uh, to keep me very focused on, on Lent as well. That's, it's a beautiful thing. Uh, you, you can't go wrong by studying the Word of God. Uh, I think something to keep in mind is you don't want to get spiritual indigestion, and you don't want to read too much. It's better to read a little bit every day on a consistent basis uh, and, and, and uh, get into that good habit of spending time uh, with the Word of God. Absolutely, John. In fact, that's every time I, and when I was younger, I would try to do it. This is, this is beautiful. It's 20 minutes a day. And the fact in 365 days, we will have gone through the entire Bible. I'm, I'm very, very excited about it. I'm it, very excited about it. It's a beautiful thing. I want to invite our listeners, uh, if you would uh, like to share some of your common traditions uh, that you and your family uh, celebrate uh, on uh, Mardi Gras or Fat Tuesday, we'd love to hear from you. We're taking your calls for uh, Professor Harry Kramer at 888-914-9149. If, if you also maybe want to share uh, what you plan on, on giving up or adding to uh, your spiritual life here during uh, Lent. We'd love to hear from you. Again, 888-914-9149. We're going to take a short time out as we continue our conversation with Professor Harry Kramer. Stay with us. There's much more to come on the other side. This is Morning Air, your home for faith, fun, and news in the morning. And this is our Fat Tuesday edition of Morning Air here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. I'm John Morales. Thanks for tuning in as we continue talking about uh, Mardi Gras, Fat Tuesday, food, and uh, much more with uh, Professor Harry Kramer, a regular contributor to Morning Air, Professor of Management and Strategy at Kellogg School of Management. Again, if you want to be part of the conversation, if you want to share some of your traditions for Fat Tuesday or what you plan on giving up during Lent, we'd love to hear from you. 888 914 888-914-9149. Professor Harry um I wanted to get your your thoughts on uh, this time of, of Lent uh, as, as we prepare for Ash uh, Wednesday tomorrow. Obviously, traditionally a, a time of prayer, fasting, and almsgiving or sacrifice. Can you uh, talk about how we can develop a spirit of sacrifice uh, here in Lent? Well, I guess the way I think about it is to just literally step back and ask yourself, John, what, what did what did Jesus do for us? What, why did he come here? Why was he on this earth? And why, why did he suffer and die for us? And I think as we're all running around and there's a million things to do, oh, oh, oh it's Sunday, I'll, I'll go to church. I mean, no, but the, the actual thinking about why am I on this earth? Why am I here? What's the purpose? What's the meaning? Um, and, I, and I really do think that self-reflection and prayer of literally asking, what is this all about? And if you actually step back and say, you know, in my case, I'm on this earth for a blink of an eye. While I'm here, what am I preparing myself, my family, and people that I interact with? 
And I think finding ways to keep this in mind. And I think Lent's a great example of that. All right. We're going to have a party. We're going to enjoy ourselves today. We're going to have some fanfare, have some music, Mardi Gras. Okay. But what is all of this about? What is the purpose of my life? What is God asking me to do? Um, how can I be a better person uh, and prepare what, what he came on this earth for? Um, and, I, and I think a lot about that. And, you know, you realize how short it really is. And I don't view it as a negative, John. I never view it as a negative because, hey, you know what? As, as Christians, we all know uh, we have the opportunity for eternal life with, with Christ. So the idea of, hey, given what he did for us, Yes, it's nice to eat. It's nice to do fun things. It's nice to go to dances and everything else. But you know what? I, I'm really going to focus these 40 days on why he came to this earth and what I'm called to do and what does it really mean to be Catholic. Um, and so I, I think taking a little bit of time, and I, that's what I always worry about, John, that we're so busy. We're so busy uh, you know, with social media and running around and look at my watch and now we got to pick up the children. Now we got to do this. But taking a little bit of time as I always tell the students at Kellogg, have we, have we, John, have we confused activity and productivity? We're unbelievably active, John. We've got a million things, but, but how productive are we? And how many of the things are we doing uh, are consistent with what it really means uh, to, be, to be Catholic? Uh, and I think that this idea of a pause, an actual pause for, for 40 days, not for two minutes, but a pause as, as to what we're doing. And I really appreciated your comment, John, of it's not only, it's not only what I give up, it's what I start doing. I know how, how do I be a better representative of what it means to be a Christian, how I treat people, how I interact with people, you know, less uh, quick to anger and so on. And so I, I, I just love the idea that, okay, there's, there's a, there's a stop sign here to maybe take the time to figure out what I'm really supposed to be doing. And Professor Harry, I, I think that whatever we're willing to sacrifice for reveals a lot uh, about uh, our heart. You know, people go to the gym and they train and they sacrifice by, uh, you know, working out, by, by running, you know, marathons, doing all kinds of stuff. But are we willing to sacrifice for love of our Lord Jesus? Great way to think about it, John. Great way to think about it. Yeah. What does it really mean? to be Christian? What does it really mean to be Catholic? Uh, and are we even aware of what that really means? Professor, can you, can you give us just a few examples of, of what in interior mortification can look like, uh, you know, in a, in a practical way? Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny when I first heard the word, John, I, I honestly, I had to look it up because I really wasn't that sure. I, and when I really read the idea, they say here, the act of subduing one's bodily desires. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I really would love to eat more. I, I really, really would love uh, to do things that, you know, if I really want to give up and think about uh, God uh, and, and Jesus, I, I'm just going to stop doing. Uh, so this idea of I'm not going to be so nice to myself. Uh, maybe I'll work harder. Uh, maybe I will, you know, make sure that, yeah, it's nice to have certain things to eat. And boy, I'm really, really tempted to do it. But you know what? I, I, I really don't, I don't really need to do that. And boy, you know, I'm really, really used to, you know, having a, a glass of wine once in a while. Okay, great. But you know what? Uh, I can do without that. I can do that. So the idea that there's certain things that my body, there's certain things that my body may desire, but you know what? I'm just not going to do it. 
Uh, and that discipline, just like you talked about, John, that discipline of, you know, hey, I'm going to run a marathon or I'm going to run a half marathon. And I don't want to get up every morning at six o'clock. But you know what? I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Um, I, four of my favorite words, John, I always talk about discipline, focus, consistency, and credibility. And so, you know, as, as we start Lent, you know, I think we can all ask ourselves, can I be disciplined? Can I stay focused? Can I do it consistently? Because if I can, then I'm, a, then I'm starting to establish a little credibility with myself, and then I can have credibility with others, John. It all, it all flows together for me. Well, the uh, clock is ticking away uh, less than 24 hours before Ash Wednesday uh, tomorrow. Just a, a final uh, thought on uh, what we can do uh, to get closer to our Lord here uh, down the stretch uh, as we prepare for uh, Ash Wednesday tomorrow. I guess I would end, John, with this idea that it's not only what I'm doing personally, it's not only what I'm doing personally, it's the impact I can have on others. You know, it's, it's sort of interesting, John, you know, some people will say, oh, well, it, it's all about what I'm doing. Well, what kind of an impact are you having, you know, on your spouse, on your children, uh, on the people you're interacting with, you know, uh, and explaining it to other people? You know, some, some folks will say, oh, well, you know, I, I really shouldn't, shouldn't get ashes today because, you know, I'm going to be at work and people are going to be kind of wondering what I'm doing. I kind of look at the opposite. You know, I'll end up getting ashes today before my, my class when I get back in Chicago. Uh, and I love the fact that there'll be certain people that are going to say, what, what, what is that? You know, I, actually, last year, John, I, when I came into class, I had one student from a, from a, a different country and he said, oh, you, you must have fallen down. You, you've got you got dirt all over your forehead, Professor Kramer. And I said, oh, no, let me explain. That's, that, that, that it wasn't by mistake. Here's what I'm doing and why. So the chance, in my mind, how many people can we impact, John, by our behavior and what we do? What kind of example can, can, can we set? That, that I think, is going to be a, you know, a, a really big key to all of this. Well, ashes on your forehead is a wonderful witness uh, for the world to see of what it's really all about. As always, uh, Professor Harry, thank you so much for being with us. Always good to be with you, John. Take good care, my friend, and have, have a great, great Lent. We'll talk to you in a couple weeks. Thanks so much. Professor Harry Kramer, Professor of Management and Strategy at Northwestern University's Kellogg School of Management. Now it's time for another episode of Glenn Story Corner. As we move into Lent, remember this as you hang on to your Lenten practices. We're stronger than we think. That's our story title today from Steve Goodyear. A little boy went to the fair with his dad. He saw an inflatable clown sporting a sign that read, Try and knock me down. Well, he hit it. He slapped it. He pushed it. He struck it again and again. And the harder he hit, the quicker it seemed to bounce back up. No matter how hard he tried, it would just not stay down. His father watched as the boy punched the clown till he finally interrupted and asked, How is it possible? for the clown to keep standing back up no matter how hard you hit it. The child scratched his head and said, Dad, I think this clown is standing up on the inside. Did you know that each of us has the ability to stand up on the inside? Let me explain. A magazine article told about a woman in rural Florida who was recuperating from a lengthy illness. She enjoyed sitting on her front porch in her wheelchair, and on this day she watched her son repair his automobile. He raised it on blocks of wood, removed the tires, and slid on his back underneath the vehicle. Suddenly, there was a loud crack, and the automobile lurched to one side, pinning the young man underneath. She screamed for her husband, who ran to assist, but he couldn't budge the car or the young man, so he climbed into his own vehicle and sped off for help. The mother, who hadn't walked in months, realized her son's groans were growing fainter, and she knew 
it would be up to her to save the boy. She sensed he was dying and that she had to act immediately, so she rose to her feet and walked on shaky legs to the car. Bracing herself, she lifted. The car rose a few inches, just enough to let the boy scramble free. Then she collapsed. After a thorough examination, she was found only to have suffered strained muscles. And the incredulous doctor's words were most telling. I'll always wonder, he said, how far she might have lifted that car had she been well and strong. Now, we've read similar stories about persons exhibiting almost superhuman strength in times of crisis. Call it a miracle, call it providence, or call it a physiological response to an adrenaline surge, this mother and others like her found the strength she needed, when she needed it, to face the crisis at hand. And so it is with all of us. When life knocks us down and it seems impossible to get back up, when life demands more from us than we're able to give, then more than ever, we need to find a way to do what needs to be done. It's at just these times that we come face to face with a reserve of strength we never knew we had. We are stronger than we think. Like the clown, we too have the ability to bounce back. We have emotional, spiritual, even physical resources at our disposal. We may get knocked down, but we don't have to stay down. It's like standing up on the inside. And when we find the strength to do that, we'll be able to stand up to most anything life throws our way. 2 Samuel 22:33. It is God who arms me with strength and makes my way perfect. Thanks so much, Glenn. As always, a happy Fat Tuesday. I want to encourage you to try to get to Daily Mass if you can and pray the Family Rosary Across America with Father Rocky, 7 p.m. Central tonight and every night of the week here on Relevant Radio or the Relevant Radio app. That'll do it for this Fat Tuesday edition of Morning Air for Glenn Leverins, producer Sarah Tafoya, Gabby Burke, our entire Morning Air team. I'm John Morales. Thanks so much for joining us. Let your light shine before all. God God bless America. We'll see you tomorrow on Ash Wednesday on the next edition of Morning Air. The Patrick Madrid Show is next.